0: Welcome to the Kennedy Report, I'm Kennedy Hall. Today we're going to be talking about Freemasonry. The title of this three-part series is Freemasonry Unmasked. In this first episode, we're going to speak about hatred of the Church on the part of the Freemasons. Anyone who knows anything about the history of Fatima knows the roles that the Freemasons played in trying to hide the message at the beginning, with trying to sequester and arrest the children, the Freemasonic newspapers that were involved. This is stuff that I'm sure if you are someone who's into Fatima, you've heard these things before. Mexico, France, Russia, America, Canada, many other nations, all have Freemasonic underpinnings in either their founding as a nation, like for us in Canada or in the United States, or in any revolution they might have had after the colonial powers had left. There are many sort of stereotypes that people think of. I'm sure many people have heard of the Freemasons. If you are an astute observer of Fatima things, you probably know a little bit about them. But in the popular culture, you see everything from novels about them, perhaps uh, you know the novels about the Da Vinci Code and things like that, and the involvement therein. People will use the term Illuminati, and that's actually become part of the kids' pop culture. We are going to talk about it. That. That's a real thing, but it's just different than what people think it is. You might see the Shriners in parades, those little guys with, they seem harmless, they've got their little, uh, you know, cone hats on, they're riding around the little uh, go-karts and things like that. People might think of the hospitals that the Shriners, the various Masonic groups might have, people might think, is it a cult, and so on. There's a lot there. We're not going to get through all of it, but I think we'll have a good sort of dissection of the main issues for the next couple episodes. Freemasonry has been condemned by many popes. Great saints like St. Maximilian Kolbe fought tirelessly against it. And that's one of the reasons he actually formed the uh, organization that he formed to convert the Freemasons. They have promised, the Freemasons that is, to enthrone Satan in the church in some fashion. That's pretty big news. Their major symbol, the eye on the pyramid, you can find that on the American money. In fact, you actually find precedence for that symbol in Catholic imagery, but it's sort of been used by the Freemasons. Kids joke about the Illuminati... Uh, it all seems like a joke to them. I've seen kids draw the symbol on the chalkboards and whatnot, just, you know, oh care it's not really real. But are they real? What do they do? And in essence, who are they? These are big questions we should understand. It's an immense topic, but I recommend, if you want to know more about this, there's going to be a couple encyclicals that I'm going to read from. They're called Humane Genus and In Eminente. These are by Pope Clement VII and Pope Leo the Thirteenth. But we also have a book, a booklet, I should say, available at the Fatima Center. It's by the late, great John Veneri, may rest in peace, and he wrote on the permanent instruction of the Alta Vendita, which is sort of a manifesto document of Freemasonry from about 200 years ago. You can check that out on our website at Fatima.org, and it is free to download, and you can print it off as a PDF. It's quite helpful. In any case, Freemasonry officially began in 1717. Now, that's an interesting date. That's 200 years after the Protestant Reformation, and it's 200 years before the Communist Revolution in Russia, 1517, 1717, and 1917. There's sort of a demonic, fearful symmetry there, and it's striking a little bit. And 1917 is obviously the time when Our Lady appeared at Fatima as well. Freemasonry began, as officially, I should say, during the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment is actually also called the Age of Illumination, which is where the term Illuminati comes from. And in fact, you can find philosophies by various scholars of the time where they'd say, well, I'm part of the school of philosophy that's called Illuminism. And if somebody was in this school of philosophy called Illuminism, they'd call themselves an Illuminati. And in fact, if you were looking at Italian documents, you talk about the time of the Enlightenment, you would find the word Illuminati used a lot. So the Illuminati, as a philosophical school, is a very real thing, and you can find a lot of evidence for it in the 17 and 1800s around the so-called Enlightenment. Now, when Freemasonry founded, they called it the Lodge. This is why you might say you actually see this on various sitcoms and things like that from the 1990s. They'll joke about Dad going down to the Lodge. It actually means that he's a Freemason, <laughs> so it's a little bit darker than just a joke. But it started as a sort of Protestant. In, it was a Protestant-inspired fraternity, but it's much more than that. Now. Why is it called masonry? I mean, if you know anything about bricklaying or or people who work with cement, you might call them masons. Well, officially in the past, Freemasons or masons before they were called Freemasons, it was the great eras of cathedrals. So people who would work on cathedrals, which was common in Europe in the medieval times, they would be trained in their cathedral-making skills. And in order to make sure that they were basically qualified to a certain level, because they were traveling between continents, because many of them wouldn't have been uh, traditionally literate, so they weren't signing and reading documents and things, they actually developed a whole host of secret handshakes and codes and things like that, where you could go from France to Italy to Germany to Switzerland to Spain and so on and spend a long time as a master mason on these cathedrals. And these sort of secret, and secret in a proper sense, it wasn't secretive that you know no one could know, but the idea was that you could go from Spain all the way to Switzerland And as long as you knew the trade that you needed to know to build the cathedrals, you could prove that with the secret handshake. The cathedral building age of Europe was about a thousand years or so. So during that time, a vast infrastructure of Masons was established. Well, at the time of the Protestant Reformation, cathedral building basically stopped. The Lutherans and the Anglicans, they still built some churches and things, but as soon as Calvinism really set in, if you've ever been to a Protestant church, I mean, it's basically just a building, and in fact, all the images and the, the crosses and stuff is sort of seen as idolatry in some circles. So, cathedral building stopped. Well, if you know anything about unions, trade unions, associations, and so forth, they have a big infrastructure, and if they don't have the trade anymore, then they don't have anything to do. Well, in order to keep these things, these infrastructure uh, organizations going, they actually started to bring in people who were non-Masons. So. Instead of being sort of a mason in the sense of building things, it almost became sort of a fraternal club. This happened over time, and as you can imagine, influential men from all walks of life came into these fraternal groups. And eventually, as a sort of unifying movement, in 1717 in London, England, the first Grand Lodge was formed. Now, the date here is actually quite striking. It was on June the 24th, which is the feast day of St. John the Baptist. Once again, it seems sort of like a fearful symmetry, a sort of demonic symmetry against the goodness of the church on such a holy feast day. And it is a little bit striking as well, because about 80 years later, that's when the French Revolution really takes place, and St. John the Baptist is a huge saint in French-speaking Catholicism. As we'll see, Freemasonry is from the devil. It's from hell. And this prestigious feast day, as I said, seems like a mockery that it would be chosen. As St. John the Baptist says, he's preparing the way for the Lord. It's almost as if the Freemasons are preparing the way for the Antichrist. Now, before I continue, some may be thinking, well, Uncle So-and-So or my cousin or my neighbor, he's a Mason. He just goes down to the lodge. He has some drinks. Listen, Freemasonry is condemned by the church. However, it is a secretive organization, and there are many people who are on the lower levels. I know a man personally who used to be involved as a third degree or something like that, he really knew very little about the underpinnings of Freemasonry. And when he was in the organization, they sort of cast off everything that I'm saying right now as, well, that's just anti-Freemasonry propaganda. That's just conspiracy. It's more than that, but that's the way it is. Many people who are involved, they really do just think it's for the drinks, whatever. That's not to condone it, but it doesn't mean that everyone who's been a part of it is somehow looking to do great evil. That being said, no Catholic can remain a Freemason and remain in good standing in the church it is a mortal sin, and it has to be rectified. Now, Freemasonry has various documents and constitutions. Some of them we know, but because it is a secretive organization, many of them we don't. The only things that we do know are things that have been revealed either by sort of stumbling across things, or usually people who have defected, and um, well. At the fear of death in some cases, especially in the older days, they've told and sort of been a whistleblower. Now, we're going to look to that document, the Permanent Instruction of the Alta Vendita that John Veneri wrote for us. Once again, may he rest in peace. And the basic goal of this document, as we'll see, which is the basic goal of Freemasonry, is to sort of turn the Church into a Masonic organization. Now, of course, in the divine sense, the Church is never going to fail. The gates of hell will not prevail. But the human side of things can get really corrupt, as we see today. And in our next episode, we'll show more of that and how it spread revolution in the church. But for now, we'll concentrate on the Alta Vendita. One striking phrase from the Alta Vendita is it says, Our ultimate end is that of Voltaire and the French Revolution, the final destruction of Catholicism and even the Christian idea. Is it any secret why the Catholic Church has said you can't be a Mason and a Catholic at the same time? The the admitted end of Freemasonry is to destroy Catholicism. It's pretty obvious. There's strong evidence of Freemasonry's hatred of Catholicism and its avowed aim to destroy the Church in these and other documents. At the time of the French Revolution, Masonry's well-known battle cry was to overthrow or overturn throne and altar. In fact, in the late 18th century, there was a former Freemason, and he wrote that the object of their conspiracy is to overturn every altar where Christ is adored. Those are pretty strong words. So, what have the Popes said about it? Well, in 1738, near the beginning of the official movement, we read the following from Pope Clement VII. And he says, these aforesaid societies, referring to the secret societies the Freemasons he's talking about in the document, He says, these aforesaid societies and covenicles have caused in the minds of the faithful the greatest suspicion, and all prudent and upright men have passed the same judgment on them as being depraved and perverted. For if they were not doing evil, they would not have so great a hatred of the light. That's very important, a hatred of the light. Secrecy. Secrecy is always a sign of the devil. Now, secrecy doesn't mean confidentiality. Of course, a priest never breaks the seal of the confessional. Certain people don't need to know certain things. But whenever anybody says, join our organization, but don't tell anyone about anything we do in here, that's a problem. That's a problem. Especially when it is, like I said, not a matter of confidentiality for, let's say, national security or the, the seal of the confessionable. But for a fraternal organization, that's very sketchy. The Pope continues. He says, we therefore, having taken counsel of some of our venerable brothers among the cardinals of the Holy Roman Church, condemn and prohibit them under pain of excommunication for all the above mentioned people, which is incurred by the very deed without any declaration being required. What he's saying here is it's an automatic excommunication. If a Catholic joins a Freemasonic organization, it is an automatic excommunication and can only be rectified by the confessional. And I'm not sure if the bishop has to okay it, uh, but I would check that for anyone who might be watching this that is a Freemason. About 150 years later, Freemasonry was still on the rise. Pope Leo XIII, speaking in the late 1800s and early 1900s, he wrote the following about Freemasonry. He said, for as soon as the constitution and the spirit of the Masonic sect were clearly discovered by manifest signs of its actions, by the investigation of its causes, by publication of its laws and of its rights and commentaries, with the addition often of the personal testimony of those who were in the secret, this apostolic see denounced the sect of the Freemasons and publicly declared its constitution as contrary to law and right, to be pernicious no less to Christendom than to the state, and it forbade anyone to enter the society under the penalties which the Church is wont to inflict upon exceptionally guilty persons. So once again, we see here a strong condemnation and even says exceptional guilt is applied. The Pope goes on with much more as well. We won't go too far into those right now as we will go deeper into this in our next episode about how Freemasonry has fomented all the major revolutions of our time. But I will say one last thing from the Pope, Pope Leo XIII. He says, To be enrolled, it is necessary that the candidates promise and undertake to be thenceforward strictly obedient to their leaders and masters with the utmost submission and fidelity, and to be in readiness to do their bidding upon the slightest expression of their will, or, if disobedient, to submit to the direst penalties and death itself. Does that sound like an organization that you join just to do fundraisers? Does that sound like an organization you do just to run a Shriners parade and drive around in go-karts? Does that sound like something just like... This isn't the Lions Club. This is the Freemasonic sect. It is a cult. And in the original documents, and you can find them today, I don't recommend reading them. Actually, I do know a man who was being recruited into the Freemasons. He was being recruited into the Freemasons by somebody in his business. And the Freemasons in the city they live in, they sort of took a chance on him. They allowed someone who was not in the organization to actually run the finances of the Lodge. That's rare. They usually don't do that. They usually keep it in house. But they actually wanted this man to be one of their masons, and they sort of took a risk and thought that he would do it. One of the men who was dealing with this man that I know, who, the man who was a Freemason dealing with the man that I know, he ended up giving this gentleman the actual book they use. They have a couple ones, and one of them, they sort of call it like their Freemasonic Bible. That's sort of how he referred to it. Now, he never read it. He wasn't interested. In fact, he ended up leaving them alone and saying, I don't really want a part of this. He just, he wasn't into it. Well, The man who had given this friend of mine the Freemasonic Bible, he ended up dying. So one day at my friend's house, knock, knock, knock on the door and two men he had never met showed up to his house and they said, we've come here for the book. He said, what are you talking about? He said, so-and-so, the man who used to do his finances, he's died. We have good evidence that he gave you one of our books and no one who's not in the organization is allowed to have this. Now, I don't know what ended up happening to the book, but that's a very creepy thing. For somebody to die, somebody to show up your house and want to get their material because it's not supposed to be in the wrong hands. It doesn't sound like something that's above board. Ultimately, Freemasonry is a grave error. Ultimately, it's against the Church, and as we've seen in the history of Fatima, it's against Our Lady. In our next episode, we will talk about revolutions and how Freemasonry has funded in some cases, but at least been the underpinnings of almost all of those in the last two to 300 years. Until next time, please pray the rosary every day for the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart. I'm Kennedy Hall, this has been the Kennedy Report, and God bless.